Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a view from the Bullins podcast. Listen to all the latest news and inside track from Goodison Park. Coleman to Iwobi. Seamus Coleman joins the attack. Gordon, lovely little lap from Gordon. Van de Beek across the face of goal. What a start from Everton. A diving header. Can we class it as that from Seamus Coleman? Charleston. Good bit of footwork, took a slight deflection, but he's going to claim that it's all of his own work. A fantastic third for Frank Lampard's team. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to another episode of A View from the Bullins with myself, Jack Kemp, Ben Winstanley, Lee McLean, and Matthew Neal. Ben, I'm going to come straight to you, and I want this to be a positive podcast, and I probably don't need to even say that. Talk to me about Saturday. Saturday. What were your thoughts? Absolutely made up, Jack. they finally given me a good weekend. I've been happy. I've been smiling. The, the atmosphere around my house with, <laughs> with my fiance, everything's been unbelievable. They just put a smile back on your face. I know it's only one, one result, but look, it's a massive, massive relief. And just before we go into some details, Jack, I want to just say thanks to everyone inside Goodison Park yesterday. Everyone made their voice heard. Everyone was shouting at the top of the voices, clapping, flags, banners, the lot. It was special. It was a really special. That's the best atmosphere I've heard at Goodison for a long, long time. Probably when David Moyes was the manager. But actually onto the game itself, the players were brilliant. Straight from the off, they were high pressing. They looked like they wanted to make a, a Definite response from Tuesday night against Newcastle. They were on the front foot and within 40 seconds, the gameplay of how it was going to turn out kind of happened. Won the ball high up the pitch and Anthony Gordon was in 1v1 and could have potentially done better, but it was a brilliant tackle from Ailing and that kind of just set the tone. Leeds continued to try and uh, bring the ball out from the back, but Everton did not give them an inch. Richarlison worked his absolute backside off and how good is it to have Dominic Calvert-Lewin back in the side as well and Against Brentford and other games, he looked slightly off the pace. He was kind of missed time in headers, but yesterday he was winning everything in the air, getting everything to ground, holding the ball up brilliantly, utilising the wingers. And just want to say a special mention to two players in particular, Jack, before you go on to certain players. But Alex Awobi and John Joe Kenny were brilliant for me. And now John Joe Kenny turned into like prime Cafu, Ashley Cole, Leighton Baines. He was. He was phenomenal. He pocketed that Rafinha in the first half. I have no idea what Danny Murphy was going on about on match of the day because he literally had him in his back pocket. He really, really did. And there was no surprise to see him go off at half-time. He looked frustrated because Kenny was just getting stuck into him from the off. And hats off to Awobi, battled for every ball. And it was brilliant to hear the Gladys Street sing his name because I think it made him look two feet taller. He stood up to the task. He ran round. I know it's only one game. I'm not getting ahead of myself. It's just so good and refreshing to see these players. That's all we want. Put the efforts in and we'll get behind you. Show that you want to play for this fantastic football club and we'll back you. But overall, Jack, you can't moan with the performance. It was every single one of them out there was brilliant. The goals were, were fantastic. The first one in particular was really good play. 
Seamus Coleman winding back the years underneath the Moyes era, bombing on and being the highest player forward and a back four really took me by surprise. And Donny van der Beek looked like he'd been here for, for years and showed the passion and determination that we, we really want to see from all Evertonians. It was just an unbelievable atmosphere, unbelievable day. I was there with my dad yesterday, really, really happy. He was over the moon. And that's what that's what we want. It's so special to, to share these moments with loved ones. And there's only 43 games left in Goodison Park and the old lady. We've got to have more days like that. But Mason Holgate, Michael Keane, brilliant. Great header by Keane to make it 2-0 at half-time. But we didn't stop there. Second half, we continued to press, continued to push. It was just brilliant. And Richarlison's goal, the deflection off Anthony Gordon, I still haven't got a clue, scored that goal. Looking at slow motion, looks like it's clipped Anthony Gordon, but I don't care. 3-0, three points in the bag. It's not over yet. It really is not over yet. We're still in a battle, but it's a really positive podcast, positive weekend, positive results. And we can just enjoy the week now and look forward to our next next fixture away at Southampton next week. Lee, I'll, I'll come to you. Um, I think what pleased me most about the game really was it was really clear to me that Lampard has already seemed to have stamped his sort of game plan on this side, especially in the two home games we've seen. And I felt Everton did to Leeds what Leeds do to a lot of teams, outrun, outfight, closing down, press from the off. Something that we haven't seen for several months under the old regime um, what pleased you most about the performance on Saturday? I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Jack. Um, I was thinking that myself. Leeds must have been thinking yesterday, hang on, this is our job. Um, but we just didn't let them settle for a second. You know, we were out of those traps like Greyhounds yesterday. You know, straight from the off, of course, backed by the support. The support was absolutely phenomenal. And not just for the first 10 minutes either, which is what was called for. It was just incessant from the first whistle right until the end. And as I say, Leeds just couldn't get into a rhythm because we were in the face. You know, we dominated territory. We were having shots. We were cutting them open for fun. You know, you had Van der Beek in the middle just with an unbelievable football brain, calm in possession. Alan everywhere, putting fires out. Um, you know, Iwobi, you know, he really, really clearly wanted to make an impression yesterday. He's been told by Lampard, you can tell, this is a fresh slate. Don't care what's gone on in, in the past under different managers. I'm giving you a shot and here's a chance for you to go and show us what you can do. And he took it with both hands. You can only judge based on what you saw. So yes, he's disappointed. So is Mason Holgate. So is Michael Keane in the past. Seamus Coleman. We've all had our doubts. And I'm sure I, w- I w- won't be the only person who was slightly worried when that team sheet came out yesterday because I really, really was. But what a surprise and what a nice surprise it was for the, you know because the performance that Every single one of those players who were under particular scrutiny put in was just absolutely fantastic. And we've said it all along. If Evertonians see passion and fight and, and a pride to wear that shirt and a will to win, the response is what you saw yesterday. You know, that atmosphere, it, it was it, it put to bed the old chicken and the egg debates because we got both. We got the players giving everything and which was clear, which was evident. And we got the fans making it clear from the start, we're going to back you today and we're going to be right behind you. And it was just a perfect cocktail for what, what for the result in the end, which was a comfortable 3-0 win. And how often have we had to say that? I mean, it's been a chore, it's been a struggle. We've talked about it at length, about just how difficult it's been going to watch Everton for such a long time. Yesterday was just a breath of fresh air. It was so refreshing. 
you know, the amount of shots we had. You know, we were camped in their half. I think they actually had a little bit more possession than us, but it didn't feel like that during the game. And ha- like you say, how many times did we call for a response after a disappointing performance under, you know, Pyalladice and all of that? And nothing happened. You know, you'd come to the next game and there's just zero response. Same old, same old. Boy, did we see a response yesterday. Um, and like you say, there's so many reasons to be positive now and to look forward with a little bit more enthusiasm, a little bit more hope. The table looks, you know, a, a lot healthier now. Um, you know, you're looking at the teams above you all of a sudden, Leeds, Leicester, and, and with games in hand as well. And if we can continue playing the football that we are, I think Ben's right, Calvert-Lewin being back, although it wasn't his best game in an Everton shirt, his importance to this side, the fo- him being a focal point, the way he, he um, distracts defenders, and he, he really is the beacon for everything that we do. It, it, that's so important to us. And him coming back, getting sharper week on week, we've still got Decore to come back. Deli Ali, you know, he, he again showed absolute glimpses of brilliance. That that ball for Rondon at the end was just world class. You know, he's going to get better and better and better. So there's plenty to be enthused about. I think the defenders were told to defend yesterday. I, I watched that in particular. When we had a goal kick, we had Holgate and Keane talking to each other. You know, come on, get out. And they were jogging out together in a line. They were constantly communicating all the way through the game. They were keeping things simple. You know, if it was just heading the ball out to play or booting the ball out to play, that's exactly what they were doing. There was a time and a place for the football playing out and trying to find a midfield player. They got the balance absolutely spot on. So I, again, like Ben, thoroughly enjoyed yesterday. It's made such a difference to my mood and long may it continue. And I, and I, and I think it will. I think we will. there will be upsets. You know, we've got a lot of players out injured. We are, we are still weak in certain areas. So there, there, are, there is going to be, you know, setbacks and, might be a little bit of a roller coaster, but I think the days of going one win in 14 and 15 under Frank Lampard are behind us now. Uh, I, I do truly believe that. Fantastic performance, and you know, here's to Southampton next week. Matt, um, obviously, after Frank Lampard's first game in the FA Cup, um, everyone was rightly buoyed and, and you know, hugely excited. And I think once the dust had settled, there was a bit of a feeling of. Let's not go overboard. Brentford were pretty poor that day and, and pretty toothless. Um, do, do you feel that this game was different? Do you feel it, it wasn't that Leeds were poor? Everton were just really, really good. And were you surprised at how well Everton started the game? I think it was only the second time this season that they've scored in the first 15 minutes of a football match. Yeah, I think I was surprised at how well well, well structured the team was. Um, you know, Tuesday was a big wake-up call for a lot of people, I think, um, in terms of saying that this isn't going to be a quick fix. You know, um, you know there's a lot of areas of, of weakness within within this Everton team that need coaching out of them. But I think for me, the big positive from these two home games is that the two games where, he's, where Frank and, and, the, and the coaching staff have had a week to prepare the team um, on the training field then we've had two really good performances I think you know Tuesday night obviously a very very quick turnaround you know that they wouldn't have had any time on the training field um, you know it would have been a case of Sunday a bit of a bit of cool down and then Monday jog you know a bit of jogging and then I think Monday afternoon they all headed up to to Newcastle so it's very, you know, it wasn't easy for, for Frank to get his message across and, and when you first come into a job it takes time. It takes time to, to get 
things across. But we had a full week with them, or a full three, four days before before this game to get them in. And then I think I think they were really, really good. I think I think that gives me a lot of confidence now. I, th- I think I was uh, still very, very nervous after the Newcastle game. I put the Brentford performance away because, like you said, Jack, I think Brentford are going for a spell where they're they're, they're really, really poor. Um, you know, they look like a team that that people have found out a little bit. But this Leeds side played. I watched them on Wednesday night, and I was worried. I was worried because I've seen I've seen Leeds a few times over the last two, three weeks, and take away the bit of a bit of a blip versus Newcastle. I've seen some of the movements and and. The, the intensity that we saw in Bielsa's first Premier League season. Um, and if we talk about Wednesday night against Villa, Lee should have been out of sight by half-time. You know, they absolutely batted Aston Villa. Some of the movement from the front three was exceptional. Um, you know, the way they get numbers numbers in, involved in attacks is incredible at times. And I was very, very nervous about an Everton back line and in midfield that would potentially get sort of outnumbered um, you know and manoeuvred about but that wasn't the case we got straight onto them uh, we were very very disciplined in our pressing um, what a difference it makes when everyone knows their duties everyone presses within the structure that we want you can't press for 90 minutes and I thought what impressed me was when we had to press from the front we did but when we had to drop off in midfield, allowed lead space at times. That pleased me a lot because that's not easy to, to, to get into the players. Certainly when you're going from a, a team that's more used to, to sort of sit sitting very, very deep or, like I said, on numerous occasions this season, what I call the fake press where two or three go and then you leave huge gaps for teams to... To you know, to to play through, and um, I was very. That was probably the most pleasing aspect of the performance for me. Um, I think you also, obviously, like the boys have said, seen a, a Calvert Lewin's presence within that team. I think when you when you when you allow other team members to to get up the field and play off someone um, with Calvert Lewin's vocal point, it does allow the team to to really get numbers forward. Um, and you see for the first goal there, especially, you know, the numbers that we had in the box there, there was two or three players in the box and one of them was, was the right back who, who put the ball in the net. So, yeah, um, I, was, I, was, I was surprised, Jack, because I wasn't expecting that performance. I thought I certainly wasn't expecting a, a clean sheet. I think this one, you do have to put down the fact that Everton played really, really well on Saturday. Um, you know, I'm sure Leeds can play a lot better than that. And I think I... I think we all know they can, but you know, at some point you do have to give Evan a little bit of credit and say that you know I don't I don't think at any point in the game Leeds played their, their natural game, and you know when you normally watch Leeds, you could they could be losing three or four nil, but there'll still be moments and and periods within the game that they they get on top of you and they and they look like scoring. And aside from potentially you know fifteen minutes at the end of the first half there. I thought we were on top for for, for most of the game. Um, controlled it. Uh, I thought substitutions helped as well in in controlling the game and and seeing it off. So yeah, um, lots of positives. Was surprised, but now we can take 
sort of two out of three performances on and, and we've seen a little bit of consistency now, which should give us a little bit of confidence going forward. Ben, coming on to some of the players um, who have been, you know, deservedly criticised um, throughout this campaign. And, and I know uh, Matt's just mentioned Calvert-Lewin. I just want to discuss um, Calvert-Lewin in a bit more detail. Um, looking back over the season so far, Ben, do you think it's um, a, a fair, fair to say that the, the Dominic Calvert-Lewin injury was the injury out of all the injuries that Everton have had this season. That's the one that really derailed the season. Or is that a little bit too simplistic? And with him back in the team, can you just, you know, in your 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 view, what impact does he have on that Everton starting eleven? Um, well, you can only have a look back to the start, Jack. We had a fantastic start, obviously, away at Brighton, um, our home against Southampton, and obviously Leeds away. We had seven points after three games, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin had scored all three and started. So it was a massive injury, and to, to lose him for such a long time with such a, a disastrous injury, obviously likened to the Jean-Philippe Gabamon injury, obviously in his leg. It was massive. And you could see yesterday, obviously, he only had 70 minutes in the tank. So it is still affecting him. So we haven't quite got the 100% Dominic Calvert-Lewin back. And there's no surprise to me that the results started to slide off and drop off when he got injured because him and Richarlison up front together are a real dynamic duo. They cause defenders real, real issues. And I think for the past few months, we've missed real hold-up play. Um, Richarlison tries it when he plays as the lone striker. Rondon hasn't been doing it. But yesterday, they were pinging balls into Dom and he was fending off these big centre-halves. So the ball wasn't... We weren't losing the ball height well, in the middle of the park when he's trying to hold it up and utilise other players. And it wasn't coming straight back at us. We were able to hold the ball, bring in your wingers and utilise the likes of Anthony Gordon, Alex Awobi to their proper strengths and get them in and behind with Dominic Calvert-Loon's holder play. So he's an integral member of this squad, no doubt about it. His, his aerial ability is one of the best I've seen. I think only Cristiano Ronaldo potentially jumps higher because the leap that boy's got is unbelievable. He gets up so well, so high, and he caused defenders real issues. I think I, I touched on earlier um, on this podcast. He's been a bit of lacking a bit of match fitness, a bit of match sharpness. He was mistiming headers, especially against Aston Villa. I don't think the plan was to play him for the full 90 minutes, but Duncan Ferguson at the time found himself 1-0 down and couldn't afford to bring him off. And So, being 2-0 up yesterday and having them options off the bench, the likes of Deli Alley and other players to come on to give Dominic Calvert-Lewin that break, his job was done. And it was good man management, good player management from, from Frank Lampard to say, you've done your bit, you've done your 70 minutes. Let's, let's, let's time to just give you that rest. We cannot afford to aggravate that injury and I don't want to go back to him but I don't want to talk about Benitez for long but when he came to the club he was saying that he wanted to um, develop this side around Dominic Calvert-Lewin he was going to be the focal point the integral member of this squad balls out wide whipped them into the box for Calvert-Lewin to cause real issues he gets in, injured very early now that's not an excuse but he can obviously see and Frank Lampard can see how important he is to the seventh side he's absolutely enormous and we looked so much better yesterday. They were pressing together. Him and Richarlison were, were extremely busy. And it was good to see Richarlison put effort in because he hasn't been up to his usual standards, shall we say, over the past couple of weeks. But no, made up to have him back, Jack. He just maybe needs a goal now to obviously settle the nerves, get back amongst the goal. But he must be licking his lips at Frank Lampard football because... 
the last time we had 21 shots in a game and 10 on target was, was it 2018, nearly four years ago. I haven't seen attack and offensive football like that for a long time at Goodison Park or any away trip we've been on. So really promising, really positive, really good football under Frank Lampard. And Dominic Carver-Lewin's going to prosper underneath this football manager. I'm adamant of it. He's going to score a lot of goals if he stays at this football club. So no, amazing to have him back. I just hope he stays fit for the, uh, the running now. Yeah, I completely agree, Ben. I think Calvert-Lewin to this current Everton team, he is the most critical player because he offers things that no other player can. And and unlike a lot of strikers in the Premier League, even when he's not scoring, I feel like he offers so much still and, and he causes defence his headaches. And I know if I was a centre-back, back, I, I would not relish playing against Calvert-Lewin at all. Lee, just going back to the defence, so the opposite end of the pitch... Um, I think it's fair to say again, Michael Keane and, and Mason Holgate, them two have, have um, you know much maligned this year. Um, and I know you know there was an argument to suggest that Leeds didn't play with you know let's say a conventional number nine. It, it seemed to be Daniel James um, who was sort of you know leading the line for them. But how impressed were you with them two in particular? And 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 with Michael Keane, you know credit where credit is due. Um, he's been criticised. We, we really, really, you know, you know, dug him out for his mentality a lot this season. Um, but he stepped up, and, and you know, comment on his goal as well. What a terrific header it was! Yeah, as I say, but you, you, you've only got to you've got to judge them on what you saw yesterday. And what what I will say is, you know, over the course of the last four or five years, where maybe these two have come in for particular criticism. At times, and deservedly so, you've got to say, you know, some of the performances haven't been great. You know, mentally, you know, they, they've, they've definitely been there to be questioned. Yesterday was completely different. Like I said earlier on, it seemed like they were completely focused on the job that they had to do, and that's to defend. You know, and I know Borley comes on this podcast, um, you know, and he mentions this quite, quite a lot as a defender himself. Your first job is to defend, that's your job description. You know, if anything else, is a bonus, really. Um, and I thought they, they chose the time to defend they cho- and then chose the time to look to play out and play some football perfectly. Now, what I think is important to point out is, yes, it was great yesterday. Um, you know, the fans were right behind them. You know, it was a nice day. You know, Leeds are in a, a bad spell of form. We completely capitalised on that. We did our jobs and we did it absolutely brilliantly. And those two were really, really good. The next test is is perhaps like Saturday coming up an away game, a difficult away game against an opponent that's at banging form, Southampton, like we saw against Newcastle. How are you going to cope with that? Where the pressure's on them a little bit more. You've got the, you know, the additional pressure of a of a home crowd against you, putting pressure on you. Maybe a difficult start to the game. How do they react? Because that it's not just the football ability that's being called called into question. The majority of the time it has been the mental side of their game you know obviously with Michael Keane it's been you know his head drops really really quickly he's you know visibly shook you know when things go against them with with Mason Holgate the accusation often is that he looks too cocky you know chewing gum all of this which I, I don't buy into at all that, that that's irrelevant as far as I'm concerned but he can see him a little bit too laid back you know he's prone to concentration lapses and things like that we need to see these errors cut out consistently not just one game 
So I think if you look forward now, between now and the end of the season, they're going to be called upon more often than not, week in, week out as our first choice centre-back pairing, given the injuries to Ben Godfrey and Yerry Mina. So it's a chance for them both now to capitalise on yesterday, take the positives from it. They've got the crowds right behind them. They'll definitely be feeling a foot taller today than, than what they were. They've got to carry this on now and they've got to show consistency in the performance because as a defender, that's so important. You've got to be so mentally switched on because in the Premier League, it's so demanding and those forward players are so, so tough. You know, you look at Saturday coming up, you know, this this lad that Southampton have got on loan from Chelsea looks a real, real threat. You know, um, they've got uh, Shea Adams up there, who again is, is a threat. So they're going to need to replicate this performance. And I think if they do that, you know, the, the detractors are going to become less and less and less. So it's in their hands. I think they've got a manager that's going to back them. He's going to tell them that, you know, you, you put in that performance, you switch on, you cut out the mistakes, you show pride in the shirt and these fans will back you. And maybe these performances that we've seen will, can, be, can be forgotten. It's not impossible. It's happened before with players. And I was quick to point out on the space on Friday night that you can't forget the journey that some of these players have been on. At times, they haven't done themselves any favours and they have been the, their own worst enemy. But they've also been a really on a really difficult journey with us all. You know, changes in managers, poor recruitment around them, never really been settled or in a flow. There's been injuries all over the pitch, so there's not really been the chance to get any cohesion in the team. You know, hopefully that's coming to an end now and we can start seeing some green shooter recovery. But based on yesterday, the pair of them were absolutely fantastic. So that's the bar. So Mason Holgate, Michael Keane, you've set the bar now. Don't let it slip. You know, you've got to set that bar a little bit higher now, week on week, and and you know take pride in your performance. But yesterday was so so pleasing. I was made up to see the reaction that they got from the fans. You know, they were over at the final whistle, you know, taking the plaudits and deservedly so. Um, you know, and, and I'm fully behind them to keep that level of performance up now as we uh, as we head into the final stages of the season. I completely agree, Lee. I think Saturday at Southampton will, will be a real test for the back two. Um, Southampton are, you know, one of the few teams um, that, that play two up front and they've got, you know, like you said, Shea Adams is in form at the minute scoring goals. So it'll be really interesting to see. Um, but again, lead this, this match against Leeds, you know, their, their tails should be up and confidence should be high now. Matt, so moving into the midfield, um, I think it would be um, remiss of me not, not to, well, for all of us really, not to talk about um, Donny van der Beek. Um, I've got some friends of mine that are Man United fans and, and I asked numerous times about him and I'm going to be honest, they, they, they like him, but they couldn't really tell me much about him because of the limited game time he has. Um, how well did he play on Saturday? I thought he was probably the difference on Saturday. I really did. I think um, I, I've I've been sort of really interested to see where Frank sees him best and where where he's going to sort of deploy him. And um, well, on Saturday he sort of played sort of a, a double pivot with Alan, um, and I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was. Head and shoulders above everyone else in 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 that sense, in terms of keeping the ball, retaining the ball, just keeping the the game ticking. Um, his spatial awareness was very very good, um, and he popped up in 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 excellent areas of the pitch. Um, I thought he was helped. His performance was also helped by 
the way the team was set up. I think if you look at the way the positioning of the of the wingers and the full backs, they were told if if if, if Donny you know goes forward, they were told to sort of play a little bit more inverted, which allowed him the freedom to to go forward, but also meant that Everton would then not be outnumbered in in central areas. So yeah, I think he probably set the tempo uh, certainly for that first. 30 minutes of the game I thought I don't where you know where really we should have been three or four goals up to be honest um it's going to be in, if if we can get a player like we saw on Saturday for the rest of the season then there's a good chance that Everton have got a, a you know will improve as a team because it was head and shoulders above what I've seen in a midfield for the past two, three years. It just, it, it, it just was a lovely, lovely midfield performance. Everything you, you want in a midfielder, we got. Um, and you know, obviously, it's one game, and um, you know, we're going to hope that he plays like that for the rest of the season. But I think, I think in our in our system, that probably that that position probably suits him best, where he's slightly slightly deeper. Can pick the ball up. Um, I thought it was telling that he, I think he probably set the centre half down at the weekend, because normally when the centre half try and play into Everton's midfield, they're lost. They're completely lost because the midfield's lost as well. You know, I think this is Andre Gomez is I think particularly poor at this in Carmen in taking the ball from deep and then bringing it forward. A, a player of his. Sort of technical ability should be much much better at it, but I thought Donny implemented that really well. I think he settled the rest of the team down with the way he was sort of dictating it. And when you've got someone like that in your team, it does settle you down. You know you can give them the ball. You know you, you think you've got nothing on. We look for Donny, so that really really pleased me. Um, and I'm sure that he will get better and better as as. The season goes on. I think sort of second half may wane slightly, but I think that's because he's not been he's not been fit. You know, he's not been playing, and you need match fitness. And Saturday was a, a particularly intense game. Um, looking forward to Saturday next week in terms of you playing a, another team that are particularly intense in transition, particularly intense in the way they they work back, and that they're on an excellent run of form. And they they've really mastered their four. For two two Southampton, and we sort of tried to implement certain aspects of that in our our formation at the weekend. So it's interesting to see whether sort of Frank, Frank sticks sticks with that system, and then deploys Donny in that in that in that role again. But yeah, he was brilliant. I thought the rest I thought Alan complimented him well. To be fair, I think Alan sometimes can be hit and miss, but I thought he was excellent at the weekend. Um, and then obviously a big shout out to. To Awobi and, and and Anthony Gordon, you know, I wasn't when I saw the, t- the team sheet. I wasn't expecting Alex Awobi to be there, but um, they both performed their roles really, really well. As I said, sp- spoke about how the wingers sort of invert themselves into tens and play in central areas, and I think that suits both of their games because I think both of them like to to come centrally. So, yeah, all in all, I thought them in the midfield was excellent and. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite. I'm pr- probably very well. I, I'm very excited to see where Donny goes now. If he, if he, if he's playing like that in his first game for Everton, then I think we we might have found a really good 
um, certainly stopgap for the rest of the season because he because he's levels above what what, what we've got. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting sort of last few months of the season with Donny van der Beek, Matt. Um, I, I read a few things um, on Twitter and in the media comparing him to Davy Klassen um, before the game on Saturday, sort of that. Does he have the um, aggression and, you know, sort of the uh, the pace to get around the pitch? Will he be able to keep up with the pace of the Premier League? Um, um, and from what I saw, on Saturday, um, I, I don't really think we've got any worries there. And and what I like about Donny van der Beek, Matt, and I think it's something that I know I've spoken about previously about Everton centre midfielders is he he offers he offers things, and and I think he'll um, you know he, he was heavily involved in the first goal. Um, you know, I think he scored forty one goals in his last three seasons when he was at Ajax. Um, and and I've, I've mentioned before, I think some of the, the midfielders that Everton currently, um, they they don't offer goals, they don't offer assists, not particularly great at times in terms of tracking and defensively. Um, so I completely agree with you. It was really refreshing, I felt, to see quite a commanding performance, really, in centre midfield and against the team that, you know, are, you know, leads are known for how hard they work. And I, and I thought it was lovely to see. Um Ben, coming back to you, Matt, Matt mentioned Alex Awobi, and, and again, I think he definitely deserves um, a bit of a special mention. Really, it, it's been a it's been a rotten few months, let's be honest, for Alex Awobi. And I thought, um, I thought, you know, I, I like Matt, I was really surprised that he started. Um, and I know there's this a new manager comes in, it's a clean slate. Um, but but were you surprised about for a him starting and how he played and and I also thought, I don't know if you've seen it, Ben, I thought it was a lovely, quite quite a touching moment, actually, about when Seamus Coleman went up to Alex Wobey. I think it was at the final whistle, put his arm around him and you could see him, so you could lip-read what he'd said and it was something along the lines of, good for you, lad. And I think that shows, doesn't it, that the club are, are rallying around Alex Wobey and they obviously believe there's a player there. I think Lee summarised it up perfectly earlier. I think Lampard's come in and said, Alex, forget what's gone on over the past couple of managers. You've had a bit of a, a roller coaster journey and more, more lows than up, shall we say. Let, let's start afresh. And like you said, that clip with Seamus Coleman was brilliant. And Lampard, full time, I don't know if everyone wants tunnel access. He goes up to him one minute 14 in, hugs him, and the smile on Awobi's face can light up a room. He was over the moon, he was joyous. And you know what? When the Gladys Street started singing, I was in the Upper Bullens yesterday, and when they started singing his name, about 10 seconds later, he was running like a man possessed. Literally like a man possessed. And I can't remember the last time Alex Iwobi had did 90 minutes for Everton Football Club. I really, really can't. And I would have been surprised to see him get man of the match yesterday because that's what we want. Jack, just effort, pride determination, grit. How many times have I said those words on this podcast and on the spaces on Twitter? That's all we want. And it, Evertonians don't ask for much. They really, really don't. Just put as much effort in as you can. Close people down. Work hard for the players. Work hard for the club. And work hard for the fans. That's all you need to do. You don't have to be the best player. It just reminds me back of Dennis Strapolaski, someone like that. I'm not comparing Alex Roby to him, but he wasn't very good skillfully or technically, but he ran his absolute heart out. And that's all you can ask for as a player. But I thought yesterday he picked up some really good positions. 
he looked confident again. Um, he inter played really well with Dominic Carvalhoon with Charleston and him and Anthony Gordon were swapping wings like no tomorrow and it was working. Leeds didn't know what to do. They, they really couldn't handle him and it was like anyone, you, you, you see the team news, um, you see it a bit early and you start to question people to go, no, surely not. Where's he going to fit? Where's he going to play? And I was thinking, are we playing three at the back again? Is, are we playing Alex Awobi as a right wing back? Where's he fitting into this formation? But no, do you know what? He played on the wing and he performed really, really well. Cut inside, took up some lovely positions. So good on you, Alex Awobi. I, I, I did a tweet about him last night. Jack basically applauded him because he, he literally was, for me, probably the, the best, if the best two or three on that pitch yesterday of a team of 11 who all performed unbelievably well he was in the top three for me he really really was him Anthony Gordon and, and Donny van der Beek were head and shoulders with everyone else for me they, they were brilliant and closing people down and he just looked like he was happy to enjoy his football again and um, and it was just a, a nice feeling because he he has took a lot of criticism from Everton fans he has and I'm I've got to hold my hands up here I, I've criticised Alex Ruby on these podcasts on Twitter, but it's good to see a player warm to the atmosphere, warm to the fans and put in a performance like that. And I think it helped that from minute one to 90, the fans were behind the team, the fans were behind the players, they were behind Alex Awobi running. I think he tried to close down the keeper at one point as well and everyone was up, going Alex, cheering, going for him. So that must, you must, must feel unbelievable when the fans are backing you that much. But it really does help for the fans to back him um, and then obviously booing Leeds players when they've got the ball it's just it, the atmosphere yesterday was incredible we've got to keep that intensity got to keep that atmosphere up for the remainder of the season because besides maybe maybe two teams in the league who are just potentially head and shoulders above the rest then we can put up a fight against anyone at Goodison Park and I really well and truly believe that if we have that crowd and atmosphere up for the majority of these games we can put a lot of big teams to the sword I really do believe that people might think I'm mad but I really do but Alex Awobi fair play mate you perform really well hats off to you yeah and, and like you said Ben about you know about you know you've held your hands up about criticising Alex Awobi I, I think I don't think there's there's one Everton fan that can put their hands up and say that they've not criticised or moaned or had a pop at any of the Everton players this season. And, and we as fans, you know, we, we, we pay to go the game and, and we have every right to make our feelings clear. But what these players need to know and some of the, you know, the newer players might not sort of, you know, understand it yet. But if they give their rule, you know, regardless of the, of the quality, if they leave everything on that football pitch, the 37, 38,000 home fans that are in that stadium week in, week out will be right behind them and, you know, the example you gave about Dennis Strapwellers, he was, was, you know, is absolutely perfect. Um, Lee Ben Ben mentioned about the atmosphere, and, and I and I want to come on to that now, sort of like you know the final sort of point that I want to discuss. And I had a little think about the atmosphere, and I think I mentioned on the space about it's that's it's do does the do the fans need to get the players up for it? Do they need to set the tone, or do the players need to give the fans something to shout about? And the word that came to me from that Leeds game on Saturday was the club felt united. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know it, 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 you know, it was always going to be more united than the old regime. Um, but, you know, 
I, I've been very, very impressed with Frank Lampard, and, and I've, I've always been impressed with the way he speaks, even when he was Chelsea manager in Derby. Um, is it is it as simple as Frank's come in and he's just he, he's you know all the you know, the vast majority of the fans are behind him, but he's just united the football club. Absolutely, everything that he's done has been spot on, and it, and he's made it easier. So now it's easier to to go to Goodison Park as an Everton fan now and get behind the team. If you think of all the factors working against us under Rafa Benitez, and I'm like Ben, I don't really want to speak about him because you know he was he was that bad for the football club. You know, I don't really want to waste any energy discussing him, but he didn't engage with the fans. Obviously, he he wasn't really an Everton person. He didn't really make an effort to sort of warm. To, to Evertonians or acknowledge what we are or how useful we can be. Frank Lampard's come in. All he's done since he came in the front door is wax lyrical about how good Evertonians are. His experience of Everton fans through the years as a player, wanting to harness what Evertonians can bring in terms of an atmosphere. He knows quite well. You know, When we're on it and when Goodison Park is how it was yesterday, there's nowhere like it. There's no other football stadium like it in English football. And I mean that. You know, you might have cl- other clubs who have this sort of ultra-like atmosphere where they're all singing in unison and clapping and doing you know, the, the silly things in tandem and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. You know, it might look nice on the television and stuff like that, but it's it's almost a bit like forced fun, isn't it? It's about it's like being made to stand up and do musical statues at a party. As far as I'm concerned, when Goodison Park's like that, and it's you know it's vibrant and it's all four corners of the ground and it's spontaneous and you know it's not forced it's it's a it's a real weapon and those players cannot help but be completely inspired by that now you you're turning up to the match now there's a connection with the manager there's no sort of disconnect where you've got really really got to try and put your feelings aside and and focus on on the get the game in front of you there's none of that you know Everton fans and the club at last, and we've been waiting so long, like you say, Jack, it's a great point. It feels like we're, we're, we're one again. It, feel, it just feels like we're Everton and we're different factors of Everton now. We've got a fan base, we've got a manager, we've got a coaching staff, we've got a, a squad of players who are now all singing from the same hymn sheet. Now, the scars of the last six months, few years, however far back you want to go, you know, that some are going to take longer to heal than others. But, you know the the major wounds, shall I say? I think have been stitched up, and that is obviously the manager that we've got in place. The fact that the there's no sort of huge divide now between the management and the fans. Um, it, it was toxic for a while, and now it's completely, completely turned turned around. And it's no coincidence for me that in the two home games that Frank Lampard's come in, we've got an aggregate scoreline of seven one. 7-1. You know, how many, how many games did it take us to score seven goals in the first half of the season at Goodison? Like Ben said earlier on, I think it's the first time we've scored in the first 15 minutes. Never used to score in the first half. Never used to take the lead. You know, the fans have got a lot to do with all of this. It's the energy. Um, but what we also can bank on now is I think we can turn up to the game safe in the knowledge that the players are going to lift us. So it's not like you, you turn up and you know it's going to be flat and you know that the opposition are probably going to take the game to us and dictate the tempo earlier on you know that Everton now are more often than not we're going to set the tone now we're going to be on the front foot we're going to be in the opposition faces so it makes it a lot easier to get behind that so it's a perfect balance 
So I'm just so happy that it's happened. It feels like I've got my club back. As I say, a long way to go. Nobody's getting carried away. Nobody's getting carried away at all. But it's it, you know the, the the early signs are really really good. Aside from a, a disappointing performance against Newcastle, only a week into Lampard's tenure, may I add, in very difficult circumstances, the early signs are so so positive. You know, and once he's really got his feet under the table, that connection with the fans ain't going away. He's got his song already. You know, he's coming over to the Gladys Street. He's fist pumping. We love him. We love him straight away and he loves us. He gets this club and I'm all for it. I'm all for it because I think that combination can be very, very powerful forever and more than most clubs, I would say, Jack. So brilliant. It was refreshing being there yesterday. Just the sense that everyone was really enjoying being there, loving being behind the, behind the side and most importantly, loving seeing what was in front of them on the pitch. Matt, um, j- j- just to coming to you really, just to finish off. So, you know, Frank Lampard, you know, and like Lee said, it, 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 we don't want to get carried away. Um, but I think I think we can forgive Lee and, and all Everton fans for getting a little bit carried away. It, it's been a, like we've spoken about, it, it's been a terrible three, four months, really. Um, but, but the mood has, has completely changed around the football club. And I know, Matt, we, you know, we're going down to St Mary's on Saturday, and I, for one, cannot wait to be there um, and, and it's been a while since I felt like that a, a while you know, you know I can't remember the last time I was really looking forward to going to a, an away match in particular um, what, what do you think how, how do you feel that Lampard has almost I think transforms quite quite a strong word but it, it, it feels like the, the club is completely different to what it was two weeks ago I, I certainly don't blame anybody for, for getting excited when when you see scenes like you did yesterday and you, you remember the, the, the three, four months that we've had and one Premier League win in, in what was it, 15 games. Yes, la, last night was the first time I, I was able to watch a, a Saturday evening match of the day since September. So I think people are very much entitled to have you know a good week this week knowing that Everton have are now you know five points above the, the relegation zone um, with games in hand on, on over those teams. You know I think certainly after Tuesday, you know there was a lot of a lot of us are worried, and still I'm I'm you know as people people know now I'm quite a pragmatic thinker in the way that I look at things and try and stay sort of level headed over over it all. But I was getting slightly concerned, but. I did, you know, you do. I, I did feel a massive sense of relief. It, it ten to five last night, a real, a real pride in the fact that it was a. It, it I, I've quite enjoyed the fact that Lampard's tried to play down the sort of Ferrar over the, the games, but let's 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 have it right. Yesterday was a was a massive game, and we needed the three points, and we got it. So, I think you're right, Jack. I think we can. We've, we can now go to St Mary's off the back of a really good performance and three points. When have we been able to say that this season? Probably, probably not since not since August. So there's, there's excitement to be there. Looking long term, there's excitement for me in terms of I like the coach. We've, we touched on it a few weeks ago when when it was announced. I like his coaching setup. I like his ethos. I like his personality. Um, and there, they took that's you know that that's a lot of boxes ticked. So 
I think there's, there's 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 definitely room to be excited about Everton's future under Frank Lampard because we're moving into the the modern day era of football for me. This is this is where the excitement comes from me. I think Saturday was a, a reflection of, of of Everton finally moving into into the the modern era of football. I think we've had managers through the last 10 years that have played some diabolical football, um, stale, old, and we've been crying out for a manager that plays intense, high-press football, a manager that's media-trained in the, in the modern world, which Frank Lampard is. So he takes a lot, a lot of boxes. So I think, as Lee says, we've got, we, you know, he's excited. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to watching the team again, um, which is a first, which is which is first and foremost a, a thing that I've not been. So, yeah, lots of room for excitement, but also uh, obviously a, a room for looking ahead and saying, "Yeah, come on, let's if we can play like we did on Saturday, Everton should get enough points, certainly at home, to get get out of this mess." Um, and, and that I think Saturday gave me a real confidence booster. Knowing that if we can, we've replicated that performance twice at Goodison Park now in t- in in, t- in two weeks. So there's no reason to think now that we can't see performances like that week in week out. Certainly at home, of course, the big test is is, is can we start re- replicating it away from home? But listen, we we've got enough home games from now until the end of the season. That if we play like we did, we're going to get enough points to stay up. So yeah. Let's end it on a positive one, Jack, and say yes. We can we can just be excited about our football club and being united and enjoying watching the games. Let's not get ahead of ourselves in terms of what what we potentially could see. Let's just drum it down to the basics and say, yeah, we're all very very happy with the manager of our football club. Perfectly summed up there, Matt. And I think I think we can all agree that you know we can hopefully start to hear some more of these positive podcasts moving forward so that's it for today's podcast thanks to ben lee and matt and thanks for listening um on to southampton we go next saturday hopefully we'll be back on with a podcast to preview that look out for the twitter spaces as well but um, again thanks for listening take care and all the very best